Blog Talk Radio. To the mother uh, and greatest Right and royalty ready yo Hey hey happy Friday oh, Friday goodness happy Wednesday everybody <laughs> Girl you had me all excited Then I had to think it's not Friday <laughs> Girl yes I have my days I don't know I've been I think I've only had maybe an hour to sit still. Mhm. Mhm. You know, no grass goes on our feet over here. Always, Absolutely always, not. always. So we want to welcome you guys to Let's Chat. If you are just new to our show, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Miss Leisha. I'm the CEO of Right and Royalty Promotions and the COO of Reese World Publishing. And I got my fabulous right hand and sometimes my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. Hey, hey. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. You know, Lisa, we got a great show. You know, we, we tend to say that quite often because in all actuality, we do. We just have so much fun. And we have a slew, a slew of awesome guests that we bring through the chat room. So, guys, get ready for another Awesome show here on Let's Chat. Absolutely. We'll be talking that talk today with author and publisher Blake Carrington and author Peter Shue. Is it Shue or Shue? It's pronounced Shue, like the shoe you wear. Okay, just making sure because you know I could jack a name up. I had to make sure I was getting it right. <laughs> but we got a fabulous topic today. It's Ready, Set, Let's Go. You know, sometimes. In life, we have to reset, and and we reset mm-hmm. in so many different ways. You reset in relationships, um, but you also reset in your journey. Sometimes your journey goes one way, and then you reset, and then you're going somewhere else. So that's mm-hmm. our topic on the show today. We want to remind you guys, if you want to be interactive, if you want to ask the guests any questions, all you got to do is push your words, and we will bring you right in. Yes, and if you want to chat with me at least, you can press that one also because, you know, sometimes, you know, you just may want to chime in on what me and Alicia, how we open up our show, and we welcome all responses. So, you know, be a part of the party. Press your one and tell us what you guys think. And if we're not talking about something that you'd like us to focus on, we accept that as well. So this is an all 
family show, interactive. So we love talking to our listeners. So don't forget to press that one if you want to talk to myself or the fabulous Miss Leisha. Absolutely. We celebrate literature and arts the royal way. If you find that you've listened to our show and you want to be a sponsor, just send your request to the chat radio show at gmail.com. Yes. Now, you know, Lisa, you, once again, we tend to just hop in like we haven't talked to each other or seen each other. And, you know, not too many days go by where we don't interact with each other, but we act like our listeners are right in there with us. So <laughs> once again, I'm going to open up and say <laughs> welcome to this chat. You know, me, me and Alicia, we can go off on a tangent. We have no problem doing that. But for our listeners, you know, we also may have some new listeners as well. So welcome once again to Let's Chat. We are the ladies of Let's Chat. I am Tony. I'm the calm, serene, quiet one. Well, that Alicia over there, man, you guys, <laughs> y'all just don't know. Sometimes I got to rain her in. Don't let this move y'all. Don't let this move tasteful, y'all, y'all. Miss Tony done put her pearls in the safe, and she done locked the safe with the pearls in us, and she's just like, I'm ready. Throw away the key, right, Leash? <laughs> you done threw away the key. We about to get the real Miss Tony tonight, y'all. Well, once again, welcome to Let's Chat or here on Let's Chat. You know, Leisha and I, we try to celebrate literature and art the royal way, no matter what the genre may be or the platform. We've had so many there's a plethora of different guests on our show. We've had authors, publishers. We've had, had a few readers on as well, musicians, politicians. You name it, we have it on our show. And our show allows all of our readers and authors to interact in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment. So when you come in here, you feel right at home. You know, just kick your feet up. That's right. Male or female, get a glass of wine and just chat. And, you know, with that type of environment, at least, ain't no telling what may fall out, fall out of a guest's lips because they get quite comfortable in the chat room. <laughs> they really do. And I got to apologize, y'all. I'm just a chit-chatting away, and my phone was on mute. I'm just a talking. I'm just a talking. <laughs> well, you know, that happened to me last yes, week they really when I was do. waiting. So, you're not alone in that category, but they do get right comfortable, and that's fun because then our listeners get to hear the real guests. They get to fall in love exactly. with the passion that drives them as well. And that's why we do what we do. That's why we have the platform that we have because a lot of times authors, you know, you have the word of mouth, but what if they don't know you? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then you have your personality and the passion for why you do what you do. And readers mm-hmm. enjoy to hear um, the passion behind the author's pen. A lot of times when authors write, we get to feel the passion because it, it, mm-hmm. it spills out onto the pages of their books. But mm-hmm. when you get to hear why they do what they do, you might have never even heard of them. But once you hear mm-hmm. them speak, it's like, oh, just to support. I'm about to go out and get their Kindle version of such and such. That's just the mm-hmm. base. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because That's your good. pen is what pulls them in and snatches them into becoming um, a reader of yours and spreading the word, mm-hmm. and then that word of mouth starts up. Our show topic mm-hmm. today is really, really good. It's Ready, Set, Let's Go. We got two fabulous guests, author and publisher, Blake Carrington, and author Peter Shue. 
ready, set, yes. let's go. A lot of times in life, you have to reset. Um, you really do. You have to reset your life. You have to reset the things around you. And sometimes life goes in one direction, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's going somewhere else. And it's being able mm-hmm. to adjust to that at the same time and making that work for you because sometimes that reset is not always uh, comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And also, Lise, you know, when you get that ready, set, let's go theme into your life, it's like a, it's going to go one way and have this type of, of setting, but that character can just take over your mind, your soul, and your pen and say, no, no, that's not how I want to go. This is this is what I want to do. And as well as a song or a record. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had, we've had plenty of guests come into the chat room that, that sing. And, you know, once you get into the chat room, we may just put you on the spot and say, ready, let's go, show me what you got. And they spit out those tunes and just like you fall in love with a, a book by an author, you can fall in love with a song because we've had plenty on the spot mm-hmm. singing on the show. So it's a great right. platform, and That's I hope right. our listeners. Mixtape mm-hmm. coming here, y'all. 31 Flavors. Alicia and Ms. Tony, yes. we got a guest that's going to put out a mixed cake called 31 Flavors. <laughs> that was awesome, though. <laughs> We're going to take a brief chat. break. We will... Absolutely. We will be back. Hold tight. We're going to listen to that new Blue Marley and Yo Gotti. This your boy, Yo Gotti. Gotti. Yeah, and I do real shit. Man, West fucked around with Starship to my whole brick. 
Turn down the screen, see a nigga get it how you live. Real recognized, real and don't pay the fucking bill. Broke niggas on chill, got it on them things in the fast lane. Burning brain, bumping Jake and I live. I represent no Memphis, motherfucker. And this is how I live, motherfucker. This your boy, you got it. Got all my chains on Man, I'm about to blow like it's cocaine on Told that walker blocker got that flame on Just be jugging with my rich home Hey, hey, this I live This I live This I live I really live it like for real I really do this shit for real This I live This I live This I live I really live it like for real. I really do this shit for real. You are now tuned in to the mother and greatest. Yes, we are back. We are back. I love that song. Shout out to Rutgers School Records. They're always looking out. JDS Certified, JCEO, Blue Marley, they always send in us music, music that hasn't even come out yet. Um, I think this was just announced yesterday, and I'm not quite sure when the release date is, but when it's released, I'll make sure I let you guys know. But make sure y'all check out Blue Marley on iTunes. He's really hot. I love him. Me too. And also check out our archives because we have Blue Marley on. He actually opened up our new season. And, you know, he just showed out we Blue Marley style. <laughs> it was a great show. So check out yes. all times. Once again, it's rich. It's rich with so much fun, interesting, and entertaining things to listen to. Absolutely. And if you want to listen to us and you don't want to log on to Block Talk Radio, no worries. You can catch us on iTunes as a podcast. Mm-hmm. So we go where you go. <laughs> We're right there in your phone of your hand. Yep, we're in your phone, we're in your iPhone, we're in your iPad, we're on your computer, wherever you want to listen to, that's where we're going to (laughs) be. We got our first guest, the awesome author and publisher, Blake Carrington. He's going to be kicking in the chat room door. Hey, how are you? Hey, Blake. I'm great. How how y'all doing this evening? We are good. We are good. Uh, you know, this is Tony. I just want to say, Blake, I'm glad to see that you kept your word with me, Alicia, when we saw you in Atlanta, talking about you're not going to let the ladies down again. So welcome. No question. He was no on question. It. Thank you. He was on it. I was like, reminder about interview. He was like, for sure. <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I told you. I definitely had it this time. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll forget something, but. You was on me this time, too, so you made sure. I was like, okay, no doubt I'm not. You know, I, I told you, I might disappoint you once, but I ain't never disappoint you twice. That's not how. All right. All right. He kept his word. A man Absolutely. of his word. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. all a man really got besides his balls is his word. And so, like Carrington, you, you know what it is. I'm just saying. <laughs> all right. All those who don't know who you are, but they should. Tell everybody a little bit about Blake Carrington and Blake Carrington Presents and how you just kicked your way into the literary world. Now, I've actually been in the literary world for going on about 20 years now. I used to own bookstores at one time, Dynasty bookstores that were 
predominantly in North Carolina, North and South Carolina. And, you know, this is back during the height, uh, urb, I shouldn't say urban, but African-American books. You know, sometimes we say urban books mm-hmm. now. You know, people have taken urban to strictly mean uh, like the ratchet ghetto type books. But at one time, urban books just meant books that took place in large metropolitan cities. So back in the day, you would, they called the bookstores that I had urban bookstores because you sold all type of black literature. And so, again, I started off mm-hmm. in the retail business, uh, went on to start a publishing company. First publishing company actually sold it to Simon & Schuster, and that's what they started uh, the Atria line back in the day off of and uh, went from that and got into the writing side of it some years after that. That might have been about 2005 or so. And, like mm-hmm. I said, just kind of been transitioning as the industry has transitioned over the years. And mm-hmm. after I wrote my first book, it became an Essence bestseller. And so I said, you know what? Had the desire to write a second one. And we went on mm-hmm. from there and started Blake Carrington Presents only maybe about a year, maybe about two years ago now. And uh, just wanted to have an outlet for new authors. I know how it can be coming into this industry mm-hmm. when you're not real familiar with the way mm-hmm. things work. And so I wanted to have another mm-hmm. outlet for authors that were coming in that may have only started getting into the industry from the ebook side and mm-hmm. wanted to give an outlet that kind of had both sides of it there where not only do we do the ebooks, but we also do print books with major distribution. And so because that's something mm-hmm. that we got as authors got to know we got to transition to to get the full value of our intellectual property. We not only gonna, can do ebooks, but we're going to need to do print books as well. So, mm, absolutely. That's, it, man, a quick... that's all right. That's just... Now, have you ever thought about giving it another run? Have you ever thought about opening another bookstore? Well, you know, I, I definitely have because I miss... One of the things that I miss about not having a store anymore is that you would meet readers every day. And from a publisher author mm-hmm. standpoint, it kept you abreast of what was the new thing that they were looking for. And so mm-hmm. when you don't have mm-hmm. that ability now, you know, because of social media and stuff like that, you, you, you're still able to engage your audience, but it's not quite the same like it was at that time. But the difficult part now is that with the influx of ebooks, it, I, I would imagine it's got to be very difficult for an independent store to sustain because my stores mm-hmm. are all located inside of shopping malls. So it's a much higher rent, so you got to have higher volume of sales in order to exist. So if I decided to do it again, I think I would have to look at doing something on an outside, you know, uh, freestanding type of store. But right mm-hmm. now I'm enjoying the freedom because that's the thing about retail stores. You're there for a lot of hours. Uh, mm-hmm. That's true. That is so true. And I, Blake, this is Tony. Um, I want to ask you, you know, you, you come from the old school where that paper book, paperback was, was key. How difficult has it been to show the new authors of this ebook world the importance of having that print and getting out and hustling your book? I mean, it's extremely difficult just because as you come into an industry, you know, how you start mm-hmm. with something is normally what your familiarity is with it. And right. so a lot of authors, when you had the, the paperback, you had to literally get out there and you're forced to meet each and mm-hmm. every reader, in order for you to sell your book. So you had to do book signings. You had to do tours. You had to get out 
and, and talk to people. Now, what mm-hmm. has happened with ebooks is that that's part of it, but you're really more dependent on the algorithm of Amazon, the promotional mm-hmm. side of Facebook, the promotional side of Twitter and Instagram. And that can be good in some sense, but again, I think that it it takes away from the one-on-one relationships that was formed between an author and their reader because mm-hmm. now you're just engaging a person mm-hmm. on social media. So you're only going to have but so much time to dialogue because you got people inboxing and you got to post and you got to do those, those different things. So mm-hmm. the work ethic now has went from where with an e-book, you basically have about a three-month shelf life with a book. Because mm-hmm. that book comes out, if you don't sell a great number of them in three months, then you're probably not going to sell a lot of the books. Whereas when you had a paperback book, mm-hmm. I mean, you could sell that book for three, four years because it would take you that long for you to go around this country trying to promote the book. Even if you were mm-hmm. just touring regionally, it would take you at least a year to get right. the whole area you know, done. So I think that it has somewhat made all of us a little lazier. You know, a little bit more yeah, able to be hesitant absolutely. and getting out promoting our stuff. But I think as more and more people, even with the ebooks, have they kind of subsided now? That mm-hmm. still now people are going to get back to understanding that you're going to have to get out there and and push your material in both ways. Mm-hmm. So I think it's coming that back. Is absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Do so you true. think that's what the problem is? The, the lack of understanding, because I think a lot of times that people don't understand, they don't take time to research and get an understanding of the industry itself. They don't know exactly what the publisher is supposed to do. They don't know what a typeset is. They right. don't know what a format is. They don't right. know the difference between the two. They don't know, you know, Amazon policies. Those are things, even though you are assigned to a publisher, you still have to know at least the foundation and the basis because that helps you as an author to work um, and, and work at your best because you know what's going on with your team around you. Do you think that a lack of understanding um, is what's needed across the board in the industry? Well, I think definitely. You know, it's like it's as simple as the, the, the line that Malcolm said in the movie when the guy comes up to him and says, I want to be a part of this. He says, well, do you know what this is about? And the guy like, no, I just know I want to be a part. He said, we should never join something you don't know anything about. And I think that's what's happened with okay. folks sometimes is that so similar to what happened with hip-hop music, once people saw that it was money to be made in music, then people no longer cared about the art. So you had people in the early days who were rapping because they loved to rap. And then they mm-hmm. got to make money off of what they loved to do. But then at some point, someone said, oh, I can make money doing this. Well, I don't know how to rap. I don't even care about rap, but because I can make money, let me rap. You know, I've been in the streets. I can say some stuff. And so once you get that, you start getting people like, let's say, Puffy, who's not a rapper, who's a producer, but he can make an album because somebody can write the rhymes for him. And now he makes money. And so it gets even more people in there like that. That's what's happened to the book industry. People are not writing because they love to write, because this is a passion. They saying, "Oh, you can make money doing this. Let me try." Mm-hmm. So once you do that, you get a bunch of mediocre and less type of writing, and so it devalues the product that's out there. Because you know, just the law of economics: if supply goes up and demand stays the same, because right now we we're growing readership 
but we're not growing at a level that the people are, that we're growing writers. We got more writers now than readers. And mm. so when that happens, like you said, and you don't do your due diligence mm-hmm. to understand what's going on, what's, what's, mm-hmm. what is it? I mean, are you writing in first person, second person, third person? Do you even know what the difference is, though? Do you understand action, rising action, falling action within the storyline? Well, a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. And that ain't even talking about, like you said, when you get to a publisher, what does a publisher do? What should you expect? What's your responsibilities for that? Right? And so mm-hmm. when you don't have mm-hmm. those dynamics, you have all of the things going on that we have now with, you know, stories that are inadequate, people who are upset about being in a publishing deal. But there's no way that if they gave you a contract and you read everything there, you know what your responsibilities are, you know what you're asking the publisher to do and what they're saying their responsibilities are, how can we be at conflict if we both read it and understood it? Well, we most of the people have it, and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. This is Tony Blake, and I'm 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 really interested. I'm I'm loving what you're sharing with uh, Alicia and myself and our listeners. But I want to take you back to the to, how long have you been writing, Blake? I've been writing since I should say professionally and getting paid for it since what 2005. Okay. Now I'm an avid reader. I used to read when I was a little girl. And uh, I'm still a little girl, but anyway, that's the point. But I want to say, I want to say, back in the day when we used to read, and before all the social media, you know, you never knew a, what a publisher was. You never knew an author's publisher. You just knew when your favorite author put out a book, you were there to, to pick it up, be it soft cover or hard cover. And I think today, even like. 15, 20 years later, I can still remember those books that I read because they were so rich and I enjoyed reading them. But like you say, the quality of the writing has gone down. And I felt that back in those days, the authors were writing with passion because you read right. you read it between the pages. And, and sometimes you don't always feel that today. So I love... Feeling. We love here on the channel stealing an author's pen because then you know it's genuine. It's not there just to, to, to get a dollar, even though some of them are going at 99 cents. But that passion right. is not in every book that we pick up today. Right. Well, you, and you have to understand when you had back then going through traditional publishing, in a sense you had guards, meaning that a person had to take their story, write a query mm-hmm. letter to a company, if they were interested in it, you send the book, it had to be accepted, it had to go through editing, and I'm talking about full editing where, you know, it is the storyline developed, does it follow structure? It would go through a whole editing mm-hmm. department, so there was a process before mm-hmm. the book came out. Well, now with Amazon, it's like creating a Facebook page. I don't need nobody mm-hmm. help me do that. I can just upload. Can I find somebody who will give me a cover? Well, yeah, there's people on here who make covers for 25 bucks. Okay, so I just need $25 now. I don't even have to format it. If I typed it in Word, Amazon will let me load it up. So guess what? Mm-hmm. I got a book out for 25 bucks of a cover. And now Amazon, have, even if you don't have money for a cover, they got generic art that you can use for a cover. Wow. So now I don't need nothing. Yeah. I just need to have an email address and a computer access. So mm-hmm. when sometimes, you know, there's good and bad in that because, when the majors had strictly where you had to come out like that, they never took on new material. So it was hard 
when if Terry McMillan was selling, then all the major companies only wanted books that was like Terry McMillan. So it was hard for mm-hmm. somebody like Elaine mm-hmm. Harris, who was an excellent writer, mm-hmm. but he was writing something different. So he had to self-publish mm-hmm. in the beginning because the majors wouldn't take it. But then he had to open up that lane so that other people could come in. Same thing, Omar Tyree and Eric Jerome and Michael Bayston. You remember some of the mm-hmm. men of it. And then, you know, back then, Shaniska Jackson and uh, Rosalind McMillan mm-hmm. and people like that. So the good part was that by us being able to go around the majors, we were able to get our product out there. The bad part is that there's no one guarding the quality of it. Mm-hmm. So that's right. when that happens, and that's mm-hmm. what's happening now, is that everything is brought to the market. I mean, any and everything. And so there's no one mm-hmm. saying, well, hold on, let's go through the proper channels and make sure that this book is of quality before it's put out. Mm-hmm. That's not happening. Absolutely. So, and I'm glad you yeah. said that because I went to an event. Um, I actually went to uh, the BDSM Writers Con in New York, and it was an awesome event because they had they talked about everything from writing to the genre to the life, everything at that particular event. And so they did like a book a book signing where they had you know the featured authors that were there. You can go in and meet and greet them and buy their books. And so every time I go somewhere, I'm always buying books. Like I literally always have to purchase another suitcase because I have mm-hmm. you know too many books. And I can't put them, I can't put them in my other bag. But the first thing I do, I notice that in the industry, a lot of times people don't share their knowledge. You know, sometimes people do things because they don't know. If nobody tells them, they don't know. Especially if they didn't do the research to find out what it was. So I open the book, and if I, I see think it's both ways. that the formatting ways. is wrong, uh huh. Go ahead. Now, I'm saying, I, no, if I feel like I the formatting of the book is wrong. Uh, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. listening to you. Uh-huh. No, I was just saying that if I see that the formatting in their book is wrong, I tell them, you got too much white space in your book. They'd be like, what's white space? You see all the white spaces? There's white space. You got too much in your book. <laughs> you know, a lot of times people don't do those things. They don't even just share a little bit of knowledge. You have a few authors that do, but some of them do not. And I was going to say, I think it's two parts with that, because I think that early on with social media, I can remember some of the vets of the industry attempting to share information. And now we have a thing that if I'm not in agreement with what you do, that I'm a hater of you. So how can I critique to help you if try to do that, you immediately think that I'm hating on you and me trying to give you that information. So I think it worked. And I don't get me wrong. I know some vets of the industry do that, where it really probably just is hating on a new you know, genre that's coming in or a new group of authors that are coming in. But I think it's kind of mm-hmm. on both sides to where, you know, people have to be receptive because some people could have been like, oh, white, you know, white space in the thing, da 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 just read the book. Like, what's the problem? So mm-hmm. some people want to learn it like that. But some people, but my thing is, again, that if you're going to get into an industry, I mean, you don't do no research. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't do nothing. Like, if you were going to go start a small right. business, you know, like, I'm going to just work on cars. You don't go and try to figure <laughs> and learn anything about cars. You just mm-hmm. start, mm-hmm. you know. 
And so that's the issue mm-hmm. is that, yeah, there's some things that when we're talking about, we're talking about fundamentals now, the formatting of your book, mm-hmm. that is a fundamental part. Really? That's right. <laughs> I got I got to teach you that. Mhm. You know, let get get the basic. Some I, I got that, but in that part of it, that's what the person has to ask themselves. Like, yeah, okay. You know, I always was taught that help means that you're already in the process of doing something. If I'm lifting something, and I say, mm-hmm. hey, come help me. I don't take my hands off and just let you lift it. I got to be in the process of trying to do that. And so I think that if people are in the process of trying to do things, it's easier to come in and try to help them with it. But now you can, can you just call me and ask me to do it for you? No, I can't do that, you know. But I do think that it, it has to be some a give and take on both parts, you know, mm-hmm. to where True. Mm-hmm. people who know, they try to let the people know, and then the people who are being let known, they, they say, okay, I'm open to hearing what you have to say, you know. But just mm-hmm. at least, like I said, at least, at least try to get the fundamentals together. Uh, absolutely. And it's just like being signed to a, com- a company. You have to be willing to be molded. And I think anything you do in life, you have to be willing to be molded. And And I mean that by saying Every day you learn something different. Even when you're 50 and 60, you are learning something every day. And so that still molds a person. So anytime you enter into an industry that you don't know nothing about or you're new to it, you got to be willing to, to learn and get information and find out what's what because you need to know what you know because you know it. Not necessarily because somebody told right. you, but you need right. to be clear right. on what it is. Right. And and the thing is, is that when you're signing to publishers that are out there, that's why do research what a publisher should do and what they should be. Because when you're signing to companies that, you know, I, I used to say this to people and, and when we was talking in small groups, but the thing is, is that if that author didn't, or that publisher that sometimes is an author also if they were not able to make their own book into a number one book, meaning they would sign with somebody when their book went number one, and then they started a company off of that, well, what's their expertise in being able to make a book number one for you? Because they didn't do it for themselves. Someone else did it for them. Mm-hmm. So at least, I mean, how long have they been in the industry? One year, two years? Again, do you really, that's enough time? a person being in this business for one of the two years. You know, I had a young lady tell me that she was negotiating her own deal with uh, one of the majors. And I was saying that, well, how would you know what to even ask for? Mm-hmm. Like, where did you, where did you, like, you have to be in this industry for years to really even understand what is it as an author that you should even ask for, for a deal to be considered good. Right. Mm-hmm. But, that's the thing that people mm-hmm. have to understand that sometimes, like, you just, you know, if you just want to be signed, that's one thing. But just understand that when you just want to be signed, that there's going to be problems that normally come from that because the person who you're dealing with may have very limited knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, and not even part. that, understanding. That's right, understanding the people around you. Every time you meet somebody or you want to go into a publishing company, and I, I think it goes both ways. You got to see if you're a fit. 
authors, you got to check out the publisher. See if you're a fit there. Ask them questions. When you get on the call with them and, and they're yada, yada, whatever they're saying to you, ask them questions, things that might make you feel a little bit more comfortable with them, but vice versa. You know, some of these publishers need to be um, vetting some of the authors on their team. Like, you need to check and make sure that author is a fit for you, because if they're not, then don't sign them. Right. That's right. Yeah, I said it. Don't send me no emails. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. But, Black, this is Tony. What is it in the literary, in your literary journey that you haven't accomplished? Is there anything that Blake Carrington hasn't done that he wants to drill down the pipe that you want to share with us? Hmm. You know, <laughs> I want to write a real best-selling standalone. I haven't done that yet. Because everything mm-hmm. that I've done that has so greatly has been a series. But I want to mm-hmm. take that time. And, you know, I know to write something like that probably is going to take that year or two years like we used to have to write a book. We don't have that type of time anymore. But I want to mm-hmm. start a project like that to where, you know, I get a best-selling standalone where it's one book, nothing coming out of it, and that book is just great. You know, it's like kind of how um, Problem with Sister Soldier with Coldest Winter Ever. Really, Coldest Winter Ever is a great standalone. There really should have mm-hmm. never been any books after that. We wanted it, but we should have never had any because nothing that she ever wrote after that really will ever lived up to the story. Mm-hmm. So I would like to do something along that line. Now, this is Tony again. Is it, it's interesting that you say that. How difficult is it to, to write a good standalone coming from an author that has written series before? Is it very hard to make that transition? You know, it is because I think that, to like, it's like your first books. When you're writing your first books, they're a lot easier because of the fact that you've done, let's say you start writing when you your first book, you're 25 years old, 30 years old. Well, you got, you know, your whole life experiences up to that point. That's in that mm-hmm. book. But once you start writing from that point on the next books, you got very limited lifetime experiences that you haven't written about already in the first book. So from 25 mm-hmm. to 26, mm-hmm. 27, you only got a year worth of new living. So mm-hmm. what new stuff mm-hmm. can you really, really add to it? So, and then once you start, got another book doing, another book doing, another book, now you, you're, you're kind of putting the books together. Again, very little life experiences because there's not a lot of time in between. So I think mm-hmm. what you really, really need for that true standalone is that mm-hmm. you need to have at least, I'm going to say at least five to seven years of good life experiences, preferably in your 30s or 40s, because that's when you really start doing some real living and experience mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I think that you can take that and go into, like, a real great standalone. Mm-hmm. See, I think that's what, like, Absolutely. you know, to go back to, like, the coldest winter ever, like, I know when Soldier, you know, her first book was No Disrespect, and it was a nonfiction book. A lot of people didn't read that book, but it was a book that she was dealing with the same issues that she would later deal with in the coldest winter ever. But the thing mm-hmm. was, she was saying that because it was nonfiction, it was hard to get young girls to read that type of book. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what she did was mm-hmm. she went and took that and wrote it in a novel form. And all of the mistakes and stuff that That's she right. talked about in No Disrespect, she wrote them in a novel, and Winner made all of those things. Winner was the gold digger. 
woman. You know, when was the one wanting to mess with a hustler and all these things. And so mm-hmm. it became real receptive. But because she had so much mm-hmm. life experience that she put in that book, you know, that's why it's still a classic. Mm, absolutely. Now, this is Leisha Blake. Um, you're an author. You're a publisher. You're a dad. You're a husband. You wear so many different hats. How do you deal with life challenges um, and personal stress when you have so many things around you? How do you get that balance going? I was taught early on that the way that you do that is you merge those things together. If you trying to balance work, family, you know, your religion, your social stuff, pull it together. Everything in our house is so much focused around literature and books that we're able to do all of that stuff as one. And so we both like reading. We both like going to book events. We both like writing. And so when you have it like that, then we can experience the same things together. And so I'm able to balance family life, business, because I'm doing what I love to do. Mm-hmm. So to, mm-hmm. to me, to come into Atlanta, meeting you guys, meeting other people and stuff, that's socially what I like to do. And we talk mm-hmm. about books. And I'm working. So we're down there can't, selling books. Can't get so, any better than that. It can't. <laughs> I got a wow. good life. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Now, what what has been the the most favorite thing as an author about being an author that you've experienced? What has been that moment that you like? Wow, I'm an author, and this is like the the, the cream of the crop. I tell you, it's I, I have to give two quick ones. The first okay. thing is is that the the fact that you are that you can be in control of people's emotions. Uh, I I was just telling the author this the other day, but the very first book I wrote was all or nothing, and I don't mm-hmm. think at that time that I understood the seriousness of what how the roller coaster that we were taking people on as authors. And I went to my first book signing. I had about sixty something people there, and you know for your first signing that was great numbers. And mm-hmm. it was a girl there, and she was crying. And she came up to me and she said, "I hate you." And I was like, "Like, do I know her or something?" <laughs> and she was like, "I hate you." She's like, "You could have let Chantel win." And Chantel was the main character in the book. She said she should have won. She should have had a good life. She deserved to win. And she was mm. serious. She was like, "I went through the same thing that she went through, and she deserved to win." And I was like. I had to sit down and have a conversation with this woman afterwards. I spoke with her about an hour and a half, but I realized that this is no game. Like, what you're writing, you're in control of the whole emotional mm-hmm. state That's right. of what you want. Mm-hmm. And you really can make something better for a person just based on the storyline that mm-hmm. you're writing. You can get more mm-hmm. in that. That was That's one of the main things. And the second part is really connected to that, but one of the things that I said I always wanted to do was because when you're watching shows like The Sopranos, when you're watching The Godfather movies, when you're watching any of these things that deal with, you know, other people's lower end of their, of their community, right, the mob and stuff, yeah. there's redemption mm-hmm. in these criminals because and it, really, you want Tony to win because you see his family and stuff. You want these characters to win even though what they're doing is wrong. And I wanted mm-hmm. to do that for right. our community because 
the drug dealer that you see, the guy who's doing stealing cars, Rob, there's a mother that loves him. He's her son. There's a woman that loves this man. That's her husband. There's a children that love. And so there's a dynamic that we were never doing that the, that the outside community never saw. That's why, like, when you watch, like, Minister Society, well, what's the redeeming factor about Cain? Because you really don't see person there until Jada comes in there. Then you can kind of start to fall for him. But we wasn't doing that with our books at one time. So that was one of the things that I, I loved that I could do was to bring that real-life redemption to those characters. That mm-hmm. and, like I said, the emotional side. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Blake, Absolutely. this is Tony once again. You know, sometimes authors write from one point of view and, and us readers, we may see it from a different point of view, but how do you feel? I mean, do you feel that a reader gets the full message in your books that you were trying to portray to them? No, not all the time. And, and, and that's because sometimes life experiences dictate that. And that's why, mm-hmm. like, there are books that I love that I will read over and over again. It's kind of like watching a movie over and over, and I get something different out of it as I get older as I've lived and experienced more stuff in life, then I can see it from a different point of view. So mm-hmm. I can understand that, that sometimes a person, some people just read for pure entertainment, and they're not trying to get anything out of it. But there are some people who, <laughs> That's right. they are like engrossing themselves in the story to a point to where this is real life to them that they're reading. Mm. Right? So other people have said, you gave me a glimpse into life that I didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. You know? And it, so, and it happened to be between the pages absolutely. of your book. Right. Absolutely. Now, you've taken us through so many different levels and shades um, of Blake Carrington. What are What is your basic philosophy of, of life itself? I was like, I'll, I'll go with the, with the golden rule, which is just, you know, to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. At the end of the day, like, I don't care who it is, what their nationality, color, race, or whatever, you want pretty much the same thing that I want out of life. I want to be able to provide for my family. I want to be able to give my children a better outlook on life than what I had. I want to be able to Mm -hmm. enjoy my life. That's what we all trying to do. And so the best way to do that is I'm not going to ask you to do anything for me that I wouldn't do for you. And I'm not going to do anything to keep you from having that quality of life because I don't want you to do anything from keeping me from having that. That's it. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's great. You listen they say, to Let's keep Chat. Keep it 100. Keep it 100. You listen to One Chat. My name is Tony, and I'm here with the fabulous Miss Alicia. And we have an awesome guest tonight, Mr. Blake. Carrington, a man of his word, so we so appreciate that. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask Blake, just raise your hand, press that one, and Alicia and I will bring you into the chat room. Blake, this has been a great evening, and it's so, so refreshing to get to, to know the man that keeps his word. So <laughs> just want to throw that out there. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, our topic tonight is ready, set, let's go. And Lee, explain to him how you came up with that topic, because I think he has some good things to say about that. Absolutely. Like, his whole story was already set, let's go. Um, I think a lot of times that uh, we are so ready and set um, to go in one direction, but then next thing you know, we're going somewhere else. 
it's a total other direction that we go in. And we do it a lot of times. We do it in relationships. We do it in with our kids, our, our, our jobs. It's, everything is a reset at some point in time. And so mm-hmm. when we say ready, set, let's go, when you reset, you reset. You went from selling books to, to writing books to publishing books. How did you, um, and that was your evolution, how did you deal with that that change? Was it a smooth change or was it like a, just something you had to really get adjusted to? Anytime that there's change that comes, real change, then there's going to be mm-hmm. an adjustment, right? But I think that mm-hmm. the difficultiness that comes in it is a part of getting us to where we need to go because by nature, sometimes, you know, water seeks its own level. When we get into comfortable spots, it's hard to get us to move. Now, I'm going to go to church for just one second, mm-hmm. but I ain't going to stay that long. But, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the thing, you know, when the children of Israel, they get out of, uh, they, they at, you know, they're at Mount Zion, and they come by going into the promised land. But they, when they're at Mount Zion, they set up a camp, right? And they start to get comfortable there. Because mm-hmm. then at least they're not up under Pharaoh anymore, but they don't want to go into the promised land because they got to fight giants. So God mm-hmm. tells Moses, he said, I'm going to stir up the camp because if I don't, they won't go forward. See, they thought mm-hmm. that I just wanted to give them a mountain, but no, I wanted to give them mountains. I had a whole bunch more plans. So if I don't mm-hmm. stir it up, get them out of their comfortability, they won't go and get everything that I want to give them. So that's us in mm-hmm. life. So like you said, ready, set, go. I was always taught that it's three things that got to be complacent to, in order for something to work. One thing is it has to be the right time for that. You have to have the favor or it has to be the will of God, and you got to have a vision. And so sometimes with mm-hmm. us, quit looking because we think we're already at the point that where we want to be. But again, God has so much more planned for us. So with that, you got to constantly, every reset, sometimes don't come out of our desire to reset. Sometimes we're forced to. But when we're forced to, don't look at it as negative. Just know that God pushing you on towards the promised land. So mm-hmm. every time, like when, 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 the, when e-books came out, I tell people now, I make my money off of the same thing that put my other business out of business. Ebooks put my retail stores out of business, mm-hmm. but now I make money off of ebooks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you like you said, you got to be willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, that you know something. I want. I want to. This is Tony Blake. You. You. You've had such a journey. I want you to just pick out one thing that you carry with you when you were selling with your store as an author, and as a publisher? What has been the most powerful thing from each of those parts of your life that you carry and it's just enriched you to where you are today? Hmm. You know, I'm going to go with what I was just talking about because I do, when, when, when you're in especially this industry, you don't know what the next thing is because we're not in control of that. And like mm-hmm. I said, when I, ha- I had four retail stores, I was the 
major distributor for this area with books and everything. So I had stuff set. I shipped in the prisons. I had all of the prison accounts for the federal facilities as well as North and South Carolina. And so, again, when that business model began to fade, I was wondering what would I be able to do next because this whole thing was depleting. And I was, in a sense, e-books were my adversary because this was what was eaten into my profit and my comfort of life. But that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Like you got to have that faith and trust in God that he would take that which is set up to be your enemy and make it your footstool. And that's mm-hmm. what happened. That's right. I went to a conference up in New York, and they were talking about the e-books, and the guy was saying, why, why won't you put your books on there? I said, man, I'm not putting my stuff on there because that's what's destroying my business. He said, you should at least give it a try. It ain't going to hurt you. And then my friend that told me that was Arthur Kevin Elliott. He told me that because we was up there in New York together. And so mm-hmm. I, it took me two months. He still mess with me now because it took me two months to load them books up there. And when I loaded the books up there that very first month, afterwards, they sent me a report. And I said, hold on, I made this. Hold on, let me, let me load the rest of these books here. <laughs> and I put the rest of the stuff up there, and, you know, the, the story goes on. But, again, that is, that's a faith moment to where you know, like, Absolutely. you know, I know it's not nothing I did, you know. But sometimes, like I said, you need that, that, that word from a friend to push you in the direction of where you need to go. So when I look back on it, I look at that, and that's what lets me know now when any difficulties come, whatever they they change up, we're going to do Kindle Unlimited, we're going to do just read instead of books, it don't matter. Because I know even in that, I know from whence the blessings are coming. So I'm not worried about none of that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Right. Everything happens for a reason. And and everything is in your, it's for your good. It's in your favor, whether it feels good or not at that time, but a lot of times we get in our feelings. And I always say being in your feelings is a waste of time. It don't get you nowhere. It just sets you back. So, and you were, that was a prime example. You was in your feelings. It took you two months to to, to, to get out of your feelings to get with the program. It did. It did. (laughs) Uh, uh, Now, Blake, this is Tony. You know, you've shared so much of yourself with us and we so appreciate that. But I'm going to ask you to step outside of your literary hat, your publisher hat, your hat, anything dealing with books, okay? And I'm going to ask you as you leave the chat room, what is the one thing about Blake Carrington that no one knows? What, what, what secret passion or what talent that you have outside of literature? Come on, you can share it with us. We won't tell our bodies. We're not going to tell no, nobody. I, you know what? Go ahead, tell I'm going to tell you. I, w- I, wish, I wish I could tell you that I sing start, and then start singing something for you, but I don't, I just got showmanship. I don't have a voice to sing, but I got showmanship. If y'all could see me, <laughs> you'd be like, well, that dumb, he look like he could sing. Well, I we can't. already know so what you look like. We know you look like. You, we know you got the showmanship, but... Come on, can you cook? Since you can't sing, yeah. can you cook? I can't cook either. What can you do? I can't cook. What? You know, let me tell you, I, uh-uh. I got a picture of two hot dogs that I made, but I can't cook. I can't Take cook either. Let me, 
we not, not falling for this, this, man. We need to know something, something quirky <laughs> that nobody knows about. Blake Sharon. Come on, don't make us call it because you know something quirky then. Look, I do. I play Madden, the video game. Okay. Okay. That's a. Are you good at it? I think I'm real good at it now. I don't. I don't pick up nothing that I'm not gonna be real good at. That's just oh. how it is. Well, God so, yeah. well, right. I, I, I will give you that. That's that's well, my fourth thing. That. I guess that. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, we had to drag it out of you, Blake. We had to. We knew it was something just just under the the, the surface, just waiting there. to come out. <laughs> no question. No question. So he's not all work. No. He's not all works. He's not all oh, nah, serious. He loves nah. to play his Madden in the background from time to time just to relax his mind. See? It wasn't yeah, so hard. It was. He needs that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no we question. We need that. We, we need that. So, Blake, please share with our listeners uh, what you have coming down the pipe, anything new in your social media, so they can keep in contact with Mr. Madden player Blake Carrington. <laughs> Well, you know, definitely you can reach me at the Blake Carrington on Twitter, Blake Carrington, Blake Carrington Presents on Facebook, and the Blake Carrington on Instagram. And tomorrow we got the second installment to Desiree, who's a new author. She's been tearing up the chart with a series called The Carter Boys, set down in Atlanta. We got part two of that dropping tomorrow. If you mm-hmm. have not read that, I think it's currently like number three on uh, women's fiction. Number five, Urban, was number one for quite some time, and it was that for a reason. Excellent mm-hmm. book. The second part is dropping tomorrow. So All definitely right. keep your eye out for that. Absolutely. And make sure you have Desiree's book. Desiree, yeah. yep. The Carter Boys. And I you thank you, ladies, right? so much for having wait, me tonight wait. and giving me a second invitation to come and <laughs> chat with you guys. <laughs> well, Blake, you know you always welcome. You always welcome. Absolutely. You know now, say your son have... now. Yes. Say your son now. Okay. He needs what... to be twerking that pen now. <laughs> he needs to twerk that pen. He's working on his book. He's working on his book, and I know he's going to want to interview, so as soon as he get it done, but I'm going to definitely let him know that. Okay. So when y'all have problems like the day, we coming to it. Oh. Sounds All good. right. <laughs> well, Blake, once again, Absolutely. thank you so much Absolutely. for joining us. That was we an awesome, awesome interview. Yes. I'm not sure if you're still in the club. That was an awesome interview. But, but he's awesome, you know. And if yeah. you ever get a chance to meet yeah, him, awesome. you get out there and meet him. You know, Alicia and I, we've done some networking this summer. Absolutely. And I'm part of the networking, so... Even if it's not somebody that you're familiar with, just get out and meet an author because they, Absolutely. they have some uh, some great stories to tell in person as well. Absolutely, and it is so true. I'm glad you said that because we have we've been networking and and I've been traveling like every other month. I'm in a city, you know, going to somewhere. So uh, this month I went to New York and I went to the BDSM uh, Writers Con. Um, um, conference, which was in New York. Mm-hmm. And now before I went, you know, BDSM, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is flat me, beat me, pull my hair. So I went because, you know, an author had went and I was going to support her. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, flat me, beat me, pull my hair. I don't know. You know, this is a little shaky. Trying, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go, but I don't know about this here. 
And mm-hmm. so everybody mm-hmm. that found that I was blue was like, girl, you sure you want to go to that? That's the money. Get I mean, it was, just telling, it was all these things. You know, it was already shaky. And I was like, I don't know. I'm going to go, but I don't know. I don't know about this. I got there. It wasn't even nothing like I thought. The, the mm-hmm. conference was awesome. They 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 broke down different workshops. It talked about writing. They had a, a, a publisher's panel. Um, I mean, it was just all the way around. They did such an awesome job um, at mm-hmm. that workshop. And I was like, even though BDSM, that's, um, that's a, like a community of dominance mm-hmm. and submissives, they they didn't even go all the way deep. They just really stayed surface, and they kept, really kept it really book-related. And mm-hmm. I was like, any author that writes romance, erotica, heck, if you got sex in your book, you should make sure and check out that conference because it showed so many different things, how to be sensual and just stuff that would kick in with any author. Any author that is really has a passion to write would have been like, wow, I can use that, I can use that, maybe not that, but I can use that right there, just to be able to get the um, creative juices flowing. So it was an awesome mm-hmm. experience. You know, Liz, you say that also, and, and that also shows that, you know, you never know what's between the pages of a book. And you can step outside your comfort zone. Like, I I love reading street lit, suspense, and, and books of that sort. But we've had such a plethora of guests on our show that it's made me step outside and and look into what they write. And it's not what I expected it to be. It can be so much better. So it's always good to, to not be preconceived, not to just think you know what it is, but just delve mm-hmm. in there and see what it's all about firsthand and not based on what other people say it is. So it's always to get it firsthand, first person, and who knows, you may come to, to respect it or, or say this isn't for me, but at least you've given it a fair shot, you know, not based on someone else, but based on your opinion. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's funny because everybody was like, so, you know, what kind of books do you like? Like they they were, this was like a self, a pre-expectation of, of what, you know, the readers like. And I'm like, I'm 31 Flavors. You know, <laughs> I, I just, I like a good book. And, and it is, I always say books is like walking in 31 Flavors. You don't know what you like until you get the little the little spoon, and you say, let me taste that mm-hmm. one on like that. Oh, let me taste this. Oh, that tastes good. Okay, let me taste this one over here. Uh-huh. And then you got like right. six, seven spoons in your hand, and you're like, okay, can I mix this and this? So you don't really know what you like. A book is just something that really wets your, uh, your, your, your mouth as far as literature. And it's something, mm-hmm. it can be any genre, but you don't know until you're introduced to that genre and you get a little sample and you're like, oh, you know, oh, I like that. And I think that mm-hmm. if, if you can fill an author's pen, if an author can put their passion and leave it in the in their books, that means that they've shown you what it is. They haven't just told you what it is. You can mm-hmm. draw anybody into your book. Anybody That's into right. your book, your pen is is the way to make that happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like I'm 31 flavors. If this is a good book, if if I can fill the author's pen, then I'm going to read it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so true across the board, whatever genre it may be. 
Absolutely. So we're gonna take a brief break. This is less chat. I'm Miss Leisha. You know I got my right hand, my right hand, and sometimes my left. The fabulous Miss Tony. We're talking that talk today about ready, set, let's go. The times in life, and you gotta, you gotta just go with it. We have two mm-hmm. fabulous guests today. Our first guest is author and publisher Blake Carrington. If you're just tuning in and you missed his interview, no worries. Just hit our archives up and check out his fabulous interview. We're going to take a brief break, and we'll be back with author Peter Shu. All right. Let's see. We're going to go with that. We're going to do winning. Shout out to uh, Blue Marley. Winning actually uh started on the air in South Africa. I think today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um so shout out to Bird School Records and Blue Marley. And mm-hmm. our favorite Keith Robinson, friends of the show. We'll be back. Yes. Okay. Yacht dreams on a sunny day. Six rings like MJ. Winning. Don't mess you with me, baby, know that you're winning, 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 winning 
now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Yes, that was a fabulous Blue Marley and Keith Robinson. Yes, the actor Keith Robinson can sing. He is actually an independent artist. So make sure y'all head over to iTunes and pick that up if you enjoyed it. Now, we, if you're just tuning in, I'm Miss Leisha. You know, I got my right hand and sometimes my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. We're talking to talk today about Ready, Set, Let's Go. We got author Peter Shoot in the chat room. He's going to be kicking in the chat room door with us. Hey, how are you? Hello, how you doing? you hear me? We are, yes, we can. How are you? Okay. I'm good, I'm good. You know, I just finished my interview with Seller Magazine. I'm out here with the Seller Killing Crew. I'd like to give them a shout-out. They're right here with me. And uh, I told them I had, to, I had to do this radio show with y'all, so let's get it Let's get it popping. Absolutely. Now, I just want to preface out the start of our interview with Mr. Peter Shield. You know, we've had some great guests on our show, and, and Peter is among them, but some of these guests are really personal to me. Like when I had my boss, Mr. F.A.O. Schwartz, on, I was very emotional. You remember, Leash? And also, when I had yes, Kyle, <laughs> when I had Kyle on when we did a sports show, I get very emotional. So tonight's guest is another part of my life, my college life, and I'm excited to have Peter share himself with us. It's been a minute, Peter. So welcome once again. I'm so excited to have you on the chat. Let's chat. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Peter. Well, you know, everybody know you know I was the biggest drug dealer back in the day, you know, from 88 to 95. I ended up coming to jail doing 21 years, and I'm home now, mm-hmm. and I got a, a book out, and I got I write movies, and I got, a, a, you know, I got a lot of people behind me, and we, we get ready to come through and make some noise, you know. That's where we at. You know, All right. I do it. I do every every um, day. Like right now, I just did the spelling. I did Dime Magazine last night. I got one with Love and Hip Hop people in Brooklyn Sunday. You know, I just, I'm just, I'm just doing it. You know. So. Well, all right. Now the the book that Peter is talking about is the Peter Shoe Story: The Life of the Party. So make sure you guys one click that. I actually had the pleasure of reading it. Peter, I took Jennifer's book, so she's gonna make sure that I get it back to her. Okay. <laughs> but um, tell us, tell us why you wrote this book. Well, you know, when I went away, you know, they were trying to um, pay me to uh, to do my book, and I wouldn't let them do it. You know, they offered me three hundred fifty thousand. I said, I wait till I get close to home, and I do it myself. My cousin kept trying to talk me into it, so you know, I let him start putting the book together as I, I wrote it when I was in jail. But then, you know, I, I started writing screenplays too, so I got a whole bunch of screenplays and stuff. And uh, you know, everybody is trying to get at me about them because. The people that did Scarface, the original Scarface, they wanted to direct my movie. Mm-hmm. You just saw Infiltrated. They wanted to direct my movie. Uh, King of New York, Quentin Tarantino, all of them been um, reaching out to us about my movie, about my book for the movie and my other movie. So it's just a matter of time that we, we you know, put something together. And, you know, I'm supposed to be with Jay-Z soon, too, so I'm going to see what he's talking about. But, you know, I know everybody because everybody used to, you know, look up to me back when I was home and from 88 to 95. I see the best parties out there. A lot of people get their first hit at my party. Uh, 
Mary J. Blige did You Remind Me. I was the first one she performed for, and uh, Keith Sweat, all of them in church, you know, all, all, a lot of the rappers and everything. So, you know, I put a lot of people on the map. So I'm getting to see, you know, a lot of them showing me love. Fun feeling them, Jada Kiss did uh, put me in that song, Old Man Ronald, when I came home. So, uh, you know, I mean, everybody showed me love to try to get me back to where I'm supposed to be. Absolutely. Now, Peter, this is Lisa. I have a, a question for you. Now, the first question is, actually, how long have you been home? Okay, I got home in October. October 31st is that day. Okay. So, Absolutely. you know, I've been home so since it's, that. it's coming up on a year. Yeah, it's my year, my anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Absolutely. Now, our topic today is Ready, Set, Let's Go. And we really are focusing on um, the times in our lives where we have to reset. We're moving in one direction, um, and then all of a sudden, boom, we have to go in another direction. Can you talk a little bit about that um, reset process with you? Because it it is a process, um, resetting your life. Well, the process is because I was at home for 21 years. So it's different if you're home and just want to become uh, a fireman and you was a doctor because you're home. So it's it's a really it's really a, a rougher battle. So you got to get a first you got to get a, a custom custom to be free. Then you got to get a you know you got to network again and um, you know I came on grinding. I didn't wait. I got at the people I needed to get at and tell them this is what I want to do. So I'm doing that now and uh, you know a lot of a lot of people you know that. Jump out. And I got interviews all over the place. I do book signings all over the place. I just got signed to do a South Carolina thing and a Virginia thing, and uh, and I'm bringing you know. But when I get these opportunities, I put other people on. I always been like that. So mm-hmm. if, 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 if uh, one place wanted some R&B, so I'm taking High Five, maybe uh, maybe Soda Real and uh, Intro with me, uh, Jody. See, we go. I would take some people with me, and they're gonna get paid to perform. Now, like Saturday, I got a, a joint in Connecticut. I'm doing a book signing and a, and a party, and I'm bringing Mr. Chiefs, Al Nitty, uh, uh, Royal Fry, a whole bunch of rappers, ABS. So, you know, that's what I do. I always try to uh, make sure that everybody uh, gets a chance to know, you know, the shine. Even when I do the interviews, like when I do the live interviews, I could be on there for two hours. But what I do, I bring, I bring, um, People still get interviewed too. The clothing lines that I support, and, and you know that's how I, you know, that's how I am. I share my wealth. Mm-hmm. You well, know, but it's been okay. it's been it's been like it's been a, a a task because you know you got a lot of haters that don't want you to get where you want to get, and because um I don't mm-hmm. socialize with I don't still, I don't socialize with snitches. So I only deal with the ten percent of real people out here. So it's it's a little harder, but I'm breaking through now. I, you know, I just got to hit my Angela D. She said, I'm going to be on the Breakfast Club soon. Uh, I'm supposed to do Love and Hip Hop Sunday, and they're trying to get me on the show. And, you know, there's been talk about the empire and power. But, you know, I got to see I got to see it on paper, you know. Mm-hmm. That's so, right. So that's what it is. But I get a lot of offers. And, uh, you know, right now I'm just, you know, uh, Thank you, God, that I'm alive, and thank God that I'm a free man. And you know, and I I love your show, and I'm glad you got me on it. And I appreciate you having me. <laughs> well, I'm well, gonna we have to step out. And, yeah, I'm gonna have to step out because Peter only knows me as Tina, so I'm gonna have to go by my government name. <laughs> 
But um, Peter, this is T. <laughs> As you, you know, I, I, I really, really enjoyed re- reading your book, and I just want to ask you. As you pen this book, how how did you feel as you were going reflecting on on all the years that you were quote the life of the party? Well, how did I feel doing what? You had to repeat that. Um, how did you feel as you was penning this book? How did you feel as you were writing? Because you 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 put it all out there. I must say you put everything out here on, between these pages. How did you feel as you reflected on on what? where you were in prison versus where you were in life when you were the life of the party? Well, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's everything, like I said, it's adjustment. So when I was locked up, you know, um, I had to adjust to, to being to, to be in, in jail and taking orders and, and having to do, get up when they want you to get up and, you know, and, um, you know, a lot of the racist police and, um, you know, you had to deal with it, but you had to adjust. You have to deal with mm-hmm. the atmosphere of noise and, you know, uh, people that are not taking showers. And, you know, it's, there's a lot of stuff you have to get get used to when you're in jail. But, you know, it's it's a part of doing your bid. But, I mean, I, I, I really, in the beginning, I missed the life of being home. But then as time went on, I realized that God had another plan for me. So it was better that I did go at that time because I needed to uh, – Rebreath myself and and and, and, um, and be able to come up with a better game plan that God would be happy with me for. Because he could have just took me off the earth. So for him to want me to still be out here, he has a purpose for me and a plan. And I'm I'm hoping I'm on his I'm on his plan game plan right now. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. Now, Peter, this is Leisha. Uh, so say we are sitting here a year from now. You're back on the set. What are some of what what will some of the greatest uh, projects and accomplishments be um, that you're going to talk to us about a year from now? Ooh. Well, I mean, I'm 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 in everything. You know, the thing about being a hustler, right? If you're a hustler, you if you're selling drugs, you could change your change it over to the next game that you play. So right now, you know, I'm getting ready to get into the music game. I got the movie thing I'm trying to get into. Um, the book thing you know about. Now I just got plugged into this oil business, so I got um, if people want to buy the oil, you know, we, we sell oil, we got a supply. And I'm not talking about, I got to always break this down because people be taking, I'm talking about smell good oil. No, I'm talking about gasoline oil, you know. So um, we we into that now, and um, the clothing lines we into. So, I mean, we dipping and dabbing, and just to feel what's the best thing for us to do because I'm gonna push I'm gonna push everybody to do what they like to do because I'm gonna fall back because I, I owe it to myself to travel more and hang out with my family, you know? So I'm gonna really put everything together and 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 make sure it started out right and then I'm gonna like take a back seat to what I you know, to my son, my my man Kyle Dawson, uh, my cousin. I let them take over and do do them because they're a little younger and they have they they still have the uh, the energy to do to do um, what they like to do. Me, I just want to enjoy life. I want to go to cookouts, go travel a lot, go overseas a lot. So I'll be there for the the Grammy Awards when we get them, the, uh, whatever awards we get. I'll be there for that. 
but but me being in the studio every day, nah. Me being in uh writing movies movies all day, nah. I'm high I'm high everybody do all that. Absolutely. Now this is Alicia again. For there are a lot of there are a lot of men and women that come home every day from behind the wall, whether they stay there for five years or thirty five years. What would be the advice that you would give somebody coming back into society? Before I answer that question, I wanna let you say hi real quick to the owner of Fellow Magazine, you know. He just did an interview on me and, and he does a lot for the community and he's a good brother. I just wanted to say hi real quick. You say hi real quick. Yes, hello. Hi, how are you? Hey, how are you? Wonderful. Wonderful. How y'all doing? We are good. We are good. Welcome to the chat room. Yeah, everything is good. Everything's good in New York City. Just taking it easy. Definitely doing a exclusive interview with Peter Shrew. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, Tell us a little bit about your um, magazine. Well, the magazine is called Felon. The acronym for it is From Every Level of Neighborhoods. The word itself, mm-hmm. Felon, is kind of aggressive, but it's a stop sign just to get your attention. So when you do pick it up and you read the articles that from economics to the economy to the growth that goes on in the neighborhoods, it's an uplifting mm-hmm. magazine, but it gears towards the inner city to and hold their attention, then give them the proper information that they need to grow in life, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. And how receptive has it been, your magazine, with with that type of information? Say it again? I mean, how receptive has your magazine been to, to the well, readers? Well, with, with the stop sign itself of the word selling, it's, some people look at the word, not just the hip-hop community, the, the, the I would pretty much say the nine to five people see it, and they look at it and they say, wow, what is this? Selling. Mm-hmm. And so they pick it up and read it and go in depth. They made the New York Post several times. Uh, mm-hmm. I had an article back in, even from 2002 before Martha Stewart, went in. I had an article on her, had an interview with her, had an interview with everybody from all the major celebrities from Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, Nas, uh, Fat Joe, everyone that uh, embraced it, the hip-hop community, because hip-hop is a culture itself. So I mm-hmm. cater towards mm-hmm. the hip-hop industry because it's a culture and use the acronym itself to show that it is from every level of neighborhood. So we don't forget no one when it comes to stories, Interviews, articles, or cetera. Oh, all right. Absolutely. Okay. All right. And if somebody wanted to get your magazine, um, how how can they get it? Is it online? Well, um, yes, it it's online. And I have a national. Yes, I have a national distribution deal, so it's at the newsstands. It's online as well. Just as well, I got a web. I want to. I don't want to say web series, but I'm doing a short series. That mm-hmm. should be dropping the first mm-hmm. uh, the first week of fall. Yes. Okay, that's awesome. Well, we're gonna have you have to have you on the chat. We're gonna have to get all in your business so you can uh, talk uh, about the magazine and all the projects that you have going on. Yes, I, I have no problem with that. And besides construction company, write screenplays, publish a magazine, and try to keep myself busy at all times and to be able to help the community at all times. Wow, and we thank you for sharing that with us. Well, I'm not going to take too much of the time in the interview, but I greatly appreciate you. Here you go, Peter. Sure, y'all have a wonderful night. We appreciate you. All right. You too. Yeah. yeah, he's a real good brother. You know, I like to give him another shout-out because he, he does things for the brothers that's in jail, the ones that come home. And I got Ron Brown with me here, and you don't even know that he does all the beats for these these artists that don't get recognized. You know, they, they recognize him, 
but they don't a lot of people don't know of him, but he does live stuff. He does Buster Rhyme, Jim Jones, and a whole bunch of others. So he's here too. I, I'm giving him a shout out. My man Chaos is here, the up and coming superstar rapper. You know, I know you heard of Kyle Dawson from Murder Inc. So they're all here today, and you know it's a, it's a lot of whole a whole lot of money standing around right here outside. But the question you was asking me about the brothers over, over the wall, what can I tell them? You know, just mm-hmm. keep praying, keep praying. Your time's gonna come. You know, you know, especially all drug cases. The ones that got all drug cases, they're coming home. Mm-hmm. So they realize they made a mistake because they got these brothers doing time. For drug cases where people that does West crimes ain't getting the time. You got the pedophiles, the rapists, the child molesters ain't getting no time. But you put a mm-hmm. drug dealer in for the life, nah, it don't balance out. So they got to change that. They got to change that. So they rec- they recognizing that now. So what they're doing, they're bringing some of the people home. And that, that's why you don't know these people, but a lot of good guys is coming home now. Mm. You know? So that's I just tell the brothers over the wall, man, it's coming. You know, it's coming. Just be patient. You know. Come on, 
after being told off for 27 years. And now most of them guys, they didn't even do 27 years. A lot of them come home earlier, and they still mm-hmm. get love. We don't get the love. So it's, it's harder. But because of who I am, I get through all that, you know? I get through all that. So I don't I don't worry about that no more. I just, mm-hmm. I just you know, know that I have a bigger power than anybody that's gone. So when, I, when it's time, it's going to be time for me, mm-hmm. you know? Wow. That's awesome. Now, Peter, this is T again. You know, you 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 shared a lot with us. Now, I want to just ask you: Is there any misconception of you that's unfair that people perceive about you? Well, you know, all these sisters don't like me. Everybody else loves me. I mean, I, through the system, every jail when I come in there, they they come bum me when I come in. And the streets. The straight up people love me, you know, so it really ain't no, it's not really to, people know, they really know about me. They know that I'm a stand-up dude. If you, if you uh, respect me, I'm going to respect you. I'm going to try to do anything I can to do something mm-hmm. you. know, but it's so, mm-hmm. you know, my man, Crusader Rob, that's how it is. I want to give him a shout-out, you know. But, uh, you know, the whole thing is, you know, it's a lot, it's, it's that's a lot of things that people saw in me when I when I was home. So they know I I put a lot of people on, and you know I hung out with a lot of good people. You know Charles Oakley was my man for the Knicks. Mike Tyson was my man. I mean we used to get drunk and hang out every weekend. So you know everybody know what time it was. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, this is the question that, that you know, me and the cheerleaders, the boosters, the ball players, we, we, we have to know, so I'm going to be the one to ask you, how is it that the Peter Shoe that we knew in school is not the Peter Shoe that we, that, that we read between the pages? Explain that to us, because some of them are on the line listening, so explain it to us. Well, I want to give a shout-out to all my BMCC friends and family. And uh, but the whole thing is, <laughs> Peter Shoe was a Peter Shoe was always a gangster. You'll just say no because I didn't bring that upon y'all. And just mm-hmm. like my cousin Terry, we he didn't bring that upon y'all. But you know, mm-hmm. we used to come come there to get our education, but we were still doing what we had to do in life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we it's not good to reveal everything, you know. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to come in there with a shirt saying I'm a gangster, <laughs> I'm selling drugs. You know, I'm a killer. I ain't gonna do that. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes right. it's good to keep it sleep. Sometimes it's good to keep it sleep. Sleep and try and sleep. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to say that you did an awesome job because the Peter Shoe that we know and love, you know, you are. You, we embrace each other. Even these many years later, we are still one strong unit. You know, and no matter how many years go between us seeing each other, that bond is still there. And that's a yeah. true, real, true bond. So, you know, it's good to see you home. You know, I know we're going to be getting together soon, but I just had to know how is it not the same Peter Shoe that I knew going to school with? <laughs> well, I'm the, same, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the same Peter Shoe. I just got different um, varieties to my to my personality and my game plan. I see. But I keep my bond. <laughs> you see, I could go I could go to a, a, a black child fair and you're going to see me acting different. If I go to a hip-hop affair, I'm going to act different, you know. So right. it's, it's I adjust to my environment. You see what I'm saying? Right. So that's, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so that's what I am. 
So, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I got love for my, my college friends, you know, and, and I, 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 uh, I don't forget none of y'all. And that's why when I see y'all, it's like, you know, we had that reunion where Trina didn't show up, but we had a good, <laughs> a good time, you know. So, but uh, I showed up, you know, because uh-huh. I believe in, I believe in showing my loyalty to y'all. Uh huh. Okay. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Trina, Trina, better not miss another one. <laughs> I won't. I won't. <laughs> I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> now, yeah. Peter, this is our Leisha. This is Leisha. I have another question for you. How hard was it um, sitting down to pen this book and kind of going back through everything and, and pulling everything back out and putting it in these pages? Well, you know, it's it's you know something you try to close the book on, but you know it had to be done. So. I mean, you know, I had to, the, you know, the hardest things to write about is missing my kids, moments of the self, mm-hmm. and the snitches that told on me. So, you know, I used to, I used to have a lot of animosity towards Madonna, Little Man, and uh, Eric Barber. All of them told on me and came to trial and testified against me. So my thing was this: I had to forgive because God forgave me for my sins. I had to forgive, but don't mean I have to socialize with them, and don't mean I'm going to forget. See? Mm-hmm. So that was the bottom line. I had to get adjusted with them three things when I had to rewrite the book, put the book out there, and relive, relive my life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, you, know, you, you bring up Madonna. You bring up Madonna, and I want to ask you, Peter, because, you know, I did read the book, but within the storyline, you only refer to her as the pop star. But in the back, for those that, that are picking up the book, Peter actually has snippets of his uh, court transcript. And these, these these names are in here, and Madonna is in here. So is there a reason why you didn't actually yes, say because, her name in the yes, book? Because, yes, because my cousin was worried that we could get sued if we put our name in the, our name in the book. But it was public information. So that's not true. So when we finally realized that, you know, and he finally got confirmation on it. It was already the book has been printed. Mm, okay. I kind of figured that, but I just want to hear it from you because, like you said, it is public information because the transcript is within the pages of this book, and she is listed as one of the witnesses that took the stand for the state. Yeah, it was open. It was open. You know, the snitches mentioned her name. The, snitch, her, her, the person she kept and set me up said that Madonna told me to get Peter. So if that's the case. That it's public information in, 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 in the world. Right. Now, I knew something was up with that little old lady as I was reading, so I knew she had to play a major part in it as well. So it's yeah, a great I, I, I slipped. I slipped because I didn't think she would be informant. She was like, yeah. at that time, probably close to 70 years old. So that was my fault, mm-hmm. you know. But, yeah. you know, yeah. I, 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 that was my mistake, and I don't blame nobody for that. I live on my mistake. I'm not going to make my mistake than to live on somebody else's mistake. Just go to jail mm-hmm. do 25 years. Or somebody else's mistake. Mhm. Well, okay. I'm just glad it, it's it's a great book in yeah, its real you. life. Absolutely. I, just, I gotta get my copy. I I didn't have my copy, but I gotta get my copy now so that I yeah, can read. Yeah, totally. Everybody that reads it loves it. Everybody, everybody, everybody that reads it loves it. Everybody read the book, they can't put it down. And every and you know, if you go on my Instagram, Facebook, you know, I got like I've only been on in October, I got like twelve thousand. Um, to followers, and they'll 
They all read the book, and they all talk about how good the book was. And a lot of them cried that knew me. They cried during the book, through some of the, uh, um, the chapters. But, you know, don't cry for me. Be happy because I, I, I got God saved me. Could have got worse, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I love to hear your enthusiasm about life, Tita. It's just it's it's really refreshing, and it's, it's, it's I just love hearing it. Yeah, well, you know that's my goal. My goal is to get some of these homeless people off the street to to help the kids that have been um, abused. You know, because you know that's that's something that they scarred for the rest of their life. So I'm trying to help mm-hmm. them. I'm trying to help them. You know, I'm trying to help them get right. You know, and. Uh, mm-hmm. That's my best goal. So after I get all these things done, then you'll see me and all these charity things I'm going to do. So they already got mm-hmm. me coming to do talk, lectures and everything, you know? That's what they got mm-hmm. me doing next. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. I did what in Brooklyn, but now, it rained on us. I was going to be on TV, it rained on us, you know? Oh, man. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so that was, that was the one for the... Now, Peter, um, I want to take you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I want to take you back. Okay. Oh, I want to take you back, back to before you came, became the life of the party. What was Peter okay. like then? Peter Shue was robbing everything back in the day when we were because we had we you know we used to snip coke, so we would rob everybody and to hang out and, and and for that night. So we rob everybody, go to the disco fever, uh, three seventy one hilltop. Uh, you know, he would know. I mean, we used to go to all the clubs after we robbed everybody, get coke, coke, coked out, and get us some nice outfits, get us some limousines. But we was kids, so that was the mm-hmm. that was that. I could make another book called "Before the Party," you know, and mm-hmm. and and uh and then oh, okay. what I what I gonna do now is gonna be called "After the Party." So yeah, I can make three books that I want to, you know. Mm-hmm. It all it all mm-hmm. depends on what my team want to do when I talk to them. Yeah. Well, I'm sure to be hit because just from you telling us before and after, there's there's two stories that need to be told. Yeah, you know I'm, I I got all kind of ideas, but it's just that you know the thing with me, I'm tired. I'm tired. I just want to relax. So if I get the right people to do things, then I can fall back. Like I let Cal Dawson, he does all the music shit now. So you want to see Kyle Dawson do it all, represent us with the music. And uh, he's good at what he does. You know, he's 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 a hustler, he's hungry, and he grinds. So mm-hmm. I let I, I let him take over all the whole thing, and I do I do the movies from there. But I'm going to pass that on soon, you know? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, 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 I just want to relax and live mm-hmm. off everybody's success. Well, you know, you've earned that right to relax, Peter. This is T. But before you leave the chat room, I just have one quick question. At the end of your book and your gratitude section, you say you're going to be writing another book, The Sexual Preference. Are you still going to be writing that book? Well, I, I, I stopped writing the books. I made them screenplays. So Sexual Preference is a screenplay right now that's going to be sold. You know, it's going to, going to be, um, um, you know, a two-movie deal with my book. Sexual Preference is like that. You know? All right. Man. And uh okay. and uh I got I got another joke called What Men Die For. I got um Forbidden Love, I got choices, I got broken promise, I got a whole bunch of joints. So you gonna see the in the movie theaters in the next few years. You mm-hmm. know? So Alright. So just look look look, look look keep keep your ears open and 
like I tell everybody else, at the end of my at the end of my interview, mm-hmm. when you're in your house, right, and, the, mm-hmm. and, and your building starts shaking, it's gonna start shaking real, real loud. Don't think it's an earthquake. And then don't then you're gonna think it's ISIS. Don't think it's ISIS. It's Peter Shu and the steam coming through. All right. <laughs> that's that's too shaken. <laughs> Well, Peter, we so thank you for joining me, Alicia, here on Let's Chat. It's been a minute coming, but we appreciate you taking the time out from your many interviews and putting us in there as well. Anything you want to share with our listeners before you leave the chat room? Say that again? Is there anything you want to share with our listeners as you leave the chat room? Well, I'd like to say the brothers, you know, that, that, that really look up to me, don't be like me. There's something else something else more positive because I don't want you to go to jail and do a lot of time, you know? And mm-hmm. I want you I want everybody to stay out of jail. I want everybody to be successful and and um stay healthy. You know, just do things that and, and be respectful to your parents and take care of the people in your neighborhood and stop the senseless shooting because, you know, the parents gotta get their kids back into religion. I don't care what religion you are, get in some type of religion where you Learn how to respect their love. Because if you do that, mm-hmm. you ain't going to go out there and just shoot somebody and kill them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can more out of helping an old lady up the steps or feeding a homeless person and just try it one time and you see how you feel after you do it. That's all I got to say mm-hmm. to the people out there. And God bless you all. All right? All right. Thank you, Thank Peter. You, Peter. We so You're welcome. You. <laughs> whenever you want me on the show, just put the bad bear sign up. And I'll be there, you know. <laughs> but tell everybody, okay. tell everybody to buy that book, and you can get it on. Damn, I got you. Amazon, Instagram, Barnes and Noble, iTunes. And if you're not sure, just Google my name, and it'll tell you all the addresses for it. All right. All right. Thank you once okay. again. Have care. a good night, Peter. Thanks you again. Too. All right. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. And that Peter shoe, make sure you guys pick that up. Lisa, you definitely got to get your copy, girl. It is an eye opener. It is real. You you know that show you love so much, Power. That's Peter shoe. Uh-huh. That is Peter's life. Oh, I heard him say that uh, Fifty was talking about him coming on Power, so that's awesome. I'm excited. I'm getting my yes. one click on. You know me. I'm getting my one click on <laughs> as we speak. Because, you know, I got to be able to talk to you about it. I'm just sitting here like, wow, what happened? Okay, well, I got to know, right? know what happened. That way I can talk to you about it. <laughs> you know, my girlfriend, my sis, I call her my sis, Jennifer, she's in the chat room. So, Jen, I hope you enjoyed the uh, interview. And I do have, this is her book, Lisa, so I got to get it back to her. Or she will hunt me down. <laughs> So, Jen, I will put the book in the mail to you, but I had to have my hands on it as we did the interview. So thanks again for finding it and sharing it with me. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks a lot, Jen. I appreciate it. I got to get my copy, too, so that me and she can be able to talk about it because now I want to see what's in it. Yes, and that's the best part about what we do, just just hearing um, some of the things that people put inside of their books, whether they're – non-fiction or fiction it, it's just mm-hmm. exciting it gets you excited because he, you can hear his passion um just for life and 
that ready, set, let's go. He's let's go. He's like, I, I, it is what it is. I did what I did. Mm-hmm. Now I'm ready to go and, and start my new direction and do things better. Right. Getting that second chance is the best thing because everybody right. doesn't get that second chance to have a whole mm-hmm. second life. And um, exactly. it's funny because, like, when the real Rick Ross came on here, Freeway Rick Ross came on, it's the same experience. If somebody was to tell me all the things that he did, I would be like, no, not Mr. Rick, because he he has, it's like a whole different life for him. He has a part mm-hmm. two, uh, something where he can step into life and do things differently, and he really is. So I love, love, love when people go through that change, and they experience right. they change and they embrace the change of their life. So, yes, right. I appreciate him coming on the show. Thank you, T, for hooking that up. You're quite welcome. We do what we do, and we just are so excited to have people coming in and sharing themselves with with us. You know, they they it's just a it's, it's a blessing, really, least that we're able to to do what we do, and we love what we do. Absolutely. We're going to take a brief break. This is Let's Chat. I am Miss Fleisha. I got my right hand and sometimes my left. The fabulous Miss Tony. We're talking that talk. We're ready, set, let's go. We had two special guests, author and publisher Blake Carrington and author and reformed drug dealer Peter Shu. If you missed any parts of that interview, no worries. You can catch our archives on Blog Talk, or you can hit us up on iTunes as a podcast. We're going to take a brief break, and we're going to bump that Aaron Bebo. Yes, Aaron Bebo doesn't just write books. He writes music, too. We want the keys to Bolivia. We'll be back. I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like flash y'all, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like flash y'all, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone Shorty like my Bonnie, set my name first Gonna make up, go in the same purse We out here on the grind she got the same thirst, I got a mind, body, and soul, three-round burst. My soldier in heels, the breast behind the ski mask, Netflix and chill. As I roll out the weed bag, she show how she feel. You know a nigga see that, she want my attention, and she know it's time to be back. I'm always down the block, put on major block. Pump like handles till she see a mirage. When it's deep, my rib can feel a squeeze from her thighs. I could tell that she mind by the look in her eyes. If we get caught in the act, we'll be sentenced to life. So when it's time to throw down, we don't ever Think twice, taking shots at the missus, but this is my wife. So all them shots be misses, bitch. Get you a life. I want the keys to Bolivia. She turning me on one line at a time. One snore, she gone like flash yard. Use the whole whiff when it's strong. Roll up one whiff and I'm gone. I want the keys to Bolivia. She turning me on one line at a time. One snore, she gone like flash yard. Use the whole whiff when it's strong. Roll up one whiff and I'm gone. How you doing, love? What's your name, number, and sign? You so divine. Let me look at you from behind. Yeah, your body banging. Coke bottle, some type of model. Digging how when you move through the crowd, the eyes follow. Got my attention. You got my head spinning. The kind of feeling that got you tripping so revealing. Mind state of a hustler, your style so appealing. 
I'm looking for a trip to Bolivia if you willing to partake in Szechuan State and take a break from the day to day. We can get away on a holiday. Vibing, coasting, bragging, boasting, chopping it up back to back, blunts in motion, hugging the ocean, shopping, copping, designer. Baby, tell me how that sound. I want the finer things in life. A1 weed, papers, and pipes. And we can get it right. I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone You are now tuned in to the mother uh, and greatest. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Yes, we are back. We are back. Welcome to the last chat. I'm Miss Lisa. We got the fabulous Miss Tony. If you're just coming in, make sure you go back and hit our archives so you can catch those two fabulous guests that we had, author and publisher. Blake Carrington and author and reform Drug Dealer Peter Shue. Yes, and uh, I just want to say, least you know, we have people listening online that I didn't even realize. One sent me a message, told me to tell Jennifer that this is his book for me not to send it to her. He wants the book. Tell <laughs> Peter's book, so. Now I got to see who who's getting the book. But um, if I don't give it to Big Sis, Big Sis, I'm in trouble, Lee. So I got to give the book back to her and not Harvey. <laughs> well, we're sorry, Harvey. But um, Jennifer got to get the book first. But Jennifer said she's going to make sure she gets that book back to you. Mm-hmm. She said that. <laughs> oh, so we so enjoyed having you guys with us tonight. And um, Lisa. Another great show, I must say. I had so much fun, as usual. Absolutely. We always have fun doing what we do, and we'll be doing the same thing tomorrow. Make sure y'all tune in to Let's Chat. We appreciate you guys. Good night. Good night, everybody. Back up. 
Great. 